Well, I just ask you if you want to run the puppy over. I don't want to run the puppy over. <laughs> All right. We'll run the puppy over together. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. At host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the rolls. That's right, have some rolls. They're delicious and nutritious. They don't taste like chicken. I really don't know which restaurant we got them from, but welcome back to Dad's Meat World, that this uh, weekly podcast that dives into the world of Boy Meets World, exploring the world of Corey Matthews through the eyes of two dads who grew up on the show. My, uh, I'm dad number one, Brett, and uh, my co-host is invisible right now. Okay, that's a really big letdown. I was looking for my Santa hat because I realized, oh, I have a Santa hat. Where is it? Oh, bummer. It must be in a box I didn't grab, so. <laughs> Darn. I'm Tyler. Uh, I'm the second dad, the disappointed dad. Oh, we can't be saying this together. Bummer. And I have a second one here, too, but it's black, not red, so I've got like six more upstairs. Ooh. Well, it's not, it's not a branded yeah. one. It's just like this, but it's black instead of red. I don't know why they made it black. Came in a two pack. Interesting. Anyway, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. Came in a two pack. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm good. I'm good, Brett. I'm a little confuzzled, is the word to put it, I think. Uh, I did watch mm -hmm. that video you sent me of how Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I, I now have this caveat <laughs> I think it could be a Christmas movie. The problem I have is if you make one Christmas movie, the next movies you make also must be Christmas or some sort of holiday movie. <laughs> and Die Hard immediately goes away from Christmas. You can take a basic uh, movie and put it into Christmas, your classic, you know, Christmas or vacation to Christmas vacation your bad moms to bad moms Christmas or your daddy's home to daddy's home to the Christmas one. Um, mm -hmm. But going from a Christmas movie to non-Christmas movies just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's almost like I would, I would attribute it to this. Let's say that Ralphie from uh, a Christmas story the next movie about Ralphie was he actually became a bully and there is no hope. There is no joy. Ralphie is just a horrible person. The end. <laughs> like that's what would be, that's kind of the, the gist <laughs> from a guy who comes in and saves Christmas, quote unquote, for one building to Superman who can do whatever he feels like just about that a writer is willing to break laws of physics for. <laughs> well, I think the problem is 
you've you've got to find a universal definition of what makes a Christmas movie. And you're you're going to find a difference of opinions on what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie because you don't have a universal agreed upon definition of what a Christmas movie is. I was looking at uh, my Facebook memories yesterday, and one came up from a handful of years ago that uh, was Kelly's, where she was looking for help for a debate because I had said Batman Returns was a Christmas movie. And uh, she was losing... (laughs) She was losing the debate in the comments because... There were a lot more people on my side, and the the debate was slowly slowly shifting. The comments were shifting to Die Hard was a Christmas movie. And that's where a professor of ours from college decided to weigh in. One Dr. Byron Curtis weighed in uh, that Die Hard is indeed indeed a Christmas movie. (laughs) So I grabbed a screen cap before the memory went away. So I just found oh, that enjoyable. <laughs> I cannot believe you got one of the smartest mind at Geneva College to weigh in on this debate. The man has so many other things for him to stress over and worry about. And and not only did he weigh in, he agrees with my perspective. <laughs> wow. I'll also say this. If... Uh-huh. If... Hans Gruber's plan was to ruin Christmas for America. Like, he was going to make it essentially a, a I wasn't there at the time, but like a 9-11 situation, you know, where mm. we now only reference the, the, the numbers as something bad. Like, you know, for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to be remembered as like the day that, you know, the terrorists attacked, uh, oh, L.A., You know, like Mm. if it was one of those situations, I could call it a Christmas movie because he's trying to ruin Christmas for the children. (laughs) But that's not what he's trying to do. He doesn't care about that. I don't even know what he cares about, because why would I watch a movie that's not Christmas around this time? (laughs) I stand firm. Not a Christmas movie. Well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. How are you otherwise? (laughs) I'm confused. Anything new going on in your world, Tyler? Yeah, I'll tell you what. So I've been waiting for something to come along for a while. And it's this little thing on Netflix called Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm. Now, I know you don't watch Netflix, Brett. I get it. You can't watch everything. But uh, it's based on a little anime that I used to love which is based on a manga. I didn't get to read the manga yet so one of my goals is to read the manga of Yu Yu Hakusho but anywho uh, five episodes came out first season Um, it may only be just the one season but it's kind of like imagine Brett you know a story well and they took the beginning like couple chapters and they took out all of the middle and got to, like, the last chapters of a book. <laughs> That's kind of what they did. Um, and, like, what they took, like, a section that was for something else and, like, used the end instead. So, like, it all works. Um, it was a good adaptation, in my opinion. Uh, I thought it was fun and, you know, 
hit the emotional beats. There could have been more emotion, but hey, you know, it was a goofy uh, former animated show turned into a live action TV show. So, hey, what can you do? So I give it two two thumbs up. Two thumbs up? One spirit gun. (laughs) (laughs) You should ask. Did you ever watch that? See if that's what she's watched. Hmm? Did you ever watch that, like, on Adult Swim? I'm trying to remember. It would have popped up around the time you were in college or right before you graduated, I think. My my Adult Swim experience was, like, uh, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force. Um, That's pretty much what I would have watched on Adult Swim. Fair. I mean, I watched on Toonami, so. Yes, it was Toby looking for something <laughs> that I don't know of where course. it is. And really, he can't <laughs> come in here because there's Christmas presents being hidden in my office between now and Christmas, so. <laughs> Fair. I mean, ours are hidden in our bedroom right now, so. Well, but we've... I know there's some of mine being hidden in the bedroom, so there are places I can't go look in the bedroom that's fair yeah I didn't I think that's one of those things you don't think about as going from kid to adult is that you have to find hiding spots for presents mm-hmm. um, I mean, my parents used to have a closet that like locked and maybe there was for that reason so that way <laughs> they had an automatic get out of jail free card for hiding stuff but uh you know we actually have a laundry bin that's like a it's like wood and so it's supposed to be like stationary you take it out and everything so we actually took all the stuff out of it and like put stuff at the bottom of it and then put some sheets over top of it so and grayson so far has opened it and didn't even know it was there very nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. most of the stuff isn't his but still we don't want him to find it yeah, no reason. So what's new with you, Britt, other than can't look for your gifts in uh, your bedroom? Uh, well, you know, Christmas shopping is pretty much wrapped up for the kids. Um, nice. They've got finals coming up this week, so very apropos. Uh, I'll talk more about that in the uh, episode we'll get to. Been a quiet week at work. Well, no, that's not true. It's been a busy week at work. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't go many places at work. It was just very busy. I had to build four new Facebook pages for four districts and then turn them over to people, which reminds me, I need to go find people to tell them, here, here you go, here's the keys. (laughs) And uh, finished editing uh, episode 25 for a brand new podcast that went up this year. Yeah, 25 episodes deep into it. So yeah, pretty busy week for me around here. Yeah. So just a normal busy week, nothing stand out or anything. Yeah. Hi. Do you need something? Come on. Okay. Be sketchy. So let's say we get into the episode then, since we're both getting visitors. We probably should get into this episode. Well, we're good-looking people. We're going to get into the 18th episode of Season 3, entitled Life Lessons. 
Now, tensions run high as exam week looms near when Mr. Feeney refuses to alter the exam schedule. A group of thugs trash his house. Meanwhile, Eric dates an older woman whom his mother was hoping to fix up with Mr. Turner. This episode was written by Jeff C. Sherman, directed by Jeff McCracken, originally aired in February... 23rd, 1996. <laughs> and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.5. Yes, finals wow. in February. <laughs> 8.5 is pretty high for the show. That is, yeah. I mean, it's it's up there. So, we uh, uh, good-looking people, I have talked with the uh, wonderful people at Riverside, who we use to uh, record our podcast, and the uh, I've tested the board out beforehand tonight, put brand new stuff on. Everything worked. I've talked with them. They've been looking at it. We're going to try our vast emotional damage theme and see if it works. Because it's time to play Tyler's favorite show or game show. Vast emotional damage. That's right. <laughs> It's Vast Emotional Damage, the game show where Tyler tries to arbitrarily guess the ratings of this episode from 30 years ago when we see how many million people tuned in in the month of February to view an episode about finals. Now, previously, our last episode had 17.1 million viewers. Tyler, how many million people do you think tuned in for Life Lessons? You know what? We had a big IMDb score. Let's go big number. Let's go 19.5. 19.5, you say? Yep. You lose the showcase. 18.9. Oh. I like going That's big. That's not bad. Just, not, just a little too big. 18.9 still. Even if I went 19, I was still going to go over. <laughs> still a big jump from 17.1 to 18.9. I mean, that's almost too far. 2 million full viewers for the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So, let's dive right in. We're going to start yes, in let's... the school. The final schedule is being posted and everyone acts like they didn't see it coming. And I got to start out. This is the end of February and we're looking at finals. This is two weeks before the finals are taking place. When did finals take place for you, Tyler? Because good, good looking people remember I was homeschooled. I didn't have finals in high school. I mean, okay, so from the way that this show portrays it is if they have the same schedule all year, like every single class, they always have the same. Maybe there's a little bit of rotation, but it appears as though they always have like the same class throughout the whole year. Yeah, it doesn't um, seem like they, have, could be... they have a split in semester. Right. They always have like an English class going on or a history class. Like they they never they're never not in those cuz we did semesters, but then we did trimesters. Semesters were basically four blocks, four quarters, and you had in that quarter your own set of finals and midterms and all that jazz. Um sometimes you would have 
a semester that was that would lead into the next semester though like you would have a two semester class that wasn't that uncommon um so you'd have like a like a midterm basically for the end of the semester like the semester and then the next semester you would just continue working on whatever you're working on before and adding to building up and then you would have a final after that um so like in those situations you always had some sort of a final but a lot of times from my classes from what i can remember wow high school feels like it's so long ago <laughs> like we would do a test but we wouldn't always do it around the quote-unquote finals time like it really was up to the teacher to decide when they would give like a final test or a paper or a project like a lot of them would do like a project as like the final um or like you would do something like in the middle of the class that would be like worth a higher percentage of your grade than the actual like last test you would take so mm -hmm. i don't know it just it didn't always make sense to me and all, it never felt the same like there wasn't always a final test in every single class as intensely as it is for this one but if you're learning for the whole year and Feeney says you've had all year to study so it would say to me that they literally are taking their actual final finals yes. like this, this is presented as now. a cumulative test for what they've learned now, and there's there's still four more episodes in this season well and that's why I have to ask the question Brett do you think this episode is taking place outside of time and space because Topanga says to Corey do not try to contact me and they act like they're not dating however why would she say that to him if they're not dating like is this episode actually theoretically taking place actually at the end of this, the show after they've already gotten back together I don't think so. I think they're still friends because they do study together at the end. And this production-wise, this falls exactly where it was supposed to. So it's not one of those episodes that was out of order in the production. I know. It's just so weird to have finals and then still have classes, though. Yeah, because, I mean, in the production order, this falls exactly where it's supposed to. It's the 18th episode. Um... Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I take that back. Yeah. Uh, after this, there were still four episodes left, and they they are exactly the four that we have left to go. And uh, you know, there's a little shuffling around, but the four that are left after this are the four that went into production that way as well, that were written and ready to go in that order. So... This is how the, the showrunners put this all together. So It's just weird. It's, it is. <laughs> At the earliest, it would be like May. Mm -hmm. You would do like a final exam. But even still, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. And granted, this is also at a time in TV where between February and May, you may have two episodes come out. And so here they're, they are getting ready from this episode to those last four they're getting ready for a break. 
Yeah. Well, I will also say. Episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this time, though, they probably didn't know for sure when they would actually air air, but they knew they wanted to tell the story. But they also knew they had these other stories they wanted to tell as well. So mm-hmm. I guess they said to pick their battle and just see yeah. what would happen. So network dictates. And, you know, here we are 30 years later picking them apart. So. <laughs> yeah. But all that How to say, dare you? <laughs> all that to say, the big deal with this final schedule is that they're having three finals in one day with 10 minutes in between. And I found this very apropos because in our school district, they have three finals scheduled in one day. And at one point, there was a proposed four tests scheduled in one day that until parents uh, rallied together to come to the school board and say, no, this is too much, uh, it was potentially going to be four big finals in one day. And now it's back down to three. And so the students are not very happy, but happy compared to what they would be with four in one day. But it's just with his whole three in one day being too much, it's very familiar to me knowing that our students here in Cuyahoga Falls are dealing with three finals in one day. So I just found that very familiar. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that uncommon for a school to have multiple finals on a day. Like, it's also made very clear ahead of time of when the finals will be. So, I don't know. They've got two weeks posted, and it is a cumulative test. So, But they also are aware that they're gonna have to do their final. Feeney is right. That's what I want to say. Feeney is correct. Yes, Make your we'll point. We'll both go on the record early. Feeney is not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey says, gang, we're gonna spend the next two weeks studying, and we immediately go to a montage of them not studying. Corey and Sean on the on the couch watching TV. Corey and Sean at, at, uh, at Chubby's watching TV. Uh, Corey and Sean in the cafeteria being shocked that finals are like right there. They're like the next day type of uh, shocked. And uh, you know, who's who kind of what kind of mad person could do this? And Feeney walks past going, hi gang! Which is just delicious. And uh, then we get to meet the baddies for the story. And this uh, gang of thugs that we've never met before, which Tyler loves because we've got the leather jacket indicating bad guy. Yeah, it's, it's meet... so out of left field. Like, <laughs> I will say, the one thing this show has struggled since season two is to have a consistent, like, teenager foil for Corey. And mm-hmm. so they keep throwing these off, one off episode people to him, but it never. It's never the same as Harley. This would have been great to have, like, you know, a a third or a fourth Harley Kiner thug come back and show up, you know, someone we've seen before. But instead, we get Denny, Kyle, and Jake. And Denny is played by Ian Bowen. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 53 credits on his resume. Uh, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Walker, Texas Ranger, Dawson's Creek, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. 
Jag, Cold Case, Mad Men, Prison Break, The Mentalist, The Dark Knight Rises. Not a big role, just a cop that was on screen with uh, Commissioner Gordon. Chicago PD, Teen Wolf, Superman and Lois, Yellowstone, and more. Kyle, played by Patrick Renna, first only appearance on Boy Meets World, 52 credits read as credits on his resume. Salute Your Shorts, The Sandlot, The Big Green, The X-Files, ER, Recess, Judging Amy, The Closer, Boston Legal, Bones, and more. And then Jake, Aaron Michael Mechick. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 32 credits on his resume. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Picket Fences, Party of Five, The Practice, lots of voice acting. And he moved on to uh, what's known as second unit direction since uh, looks like 2012, since we haven't seen him in front of a camera since then. Nice. And uh, and so these guys come in. They want to get rid of Feeney. And yeah, they're get very, rid of it. Very, very menacing about this. And it, it, initially, it's like, well, what are you going to do to get rid of him? I mean, are we talking about. Oh, Brett like... Dinosaur. That makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, initially, it's like, you know, they're very menacing, going to get rid of Fiend. And initially, it's like, are we talking like mobster whack him? Or are we talking like just get him fired or what yeah, so i honest to goodness they, they feel like they're channeling so much right now of harley they want to be writing for harley they desperately want to write for harley they just can't yeah and i also real quick i have to say as a side we need to watch the sandlot officially we now have our third sandlot person in the show so we gotta we gotta do the sandlot yeah. soon you and i i agree <laughs> so so yeah, I'm just curious what their end game, how they figure they're going to get rid of Feeney is. And so Corey wants to organize, get a show of strength together. Kind of takes me back to me and Mr. Jode. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking out, too. Worked out so well for him there, but uh, and they wind up everyone. He gets everyone behind him, but they wind up at Chubby's watching TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I tried this a lot in college of sitting by the TV because of noise and going, I can study like this. My professor one day walked by and he goes, so uh, I saw you with a book in front of the TV. I went, yeah. He goes, how'd that studying go? I went, not great. (laughs) (laughs) I thought so. Yeah, I can study with music. I couldn't study with TV on. So we go away, we come back, and there's a, Corey's leading a crowd up to Mr. Turner, uh, bringing their complaints to him. And, yes. uh, you know, we, we, we come to this school, we don't like it. <laughs> I'll be but honest, Mr. we don't like it. Yeah, I love it, I love it. But Mr. Turner is willing to, to hear them out, hold, and he's hold willing on. to go... <laughs> We've got all these finals about stuff we already learned and have naturally forgotten about. (laughs) (laughs) And and I will I will pose the question there. If you've already learned it, can you truly forget it if you learned it? I had uh, several professors who were of the opinion, and I won't say that I disagree with them. 
that if you learn something, if you truly internalized it, then you really can't forget it. It's there. Mm -hmm. You can't forget yeah. it. You might no, have trouble recalling it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't have trouble recalling it, but it's not, it's never gone if you truly learned it. Right. Well, that's the thing is that if you, and I think studies have shown that if you are filling your brain with information to just dump it out later, that's not learning. And if you're only trying to learn to get the answers to a test, say a whole generation was raised on that of get the information for the test, here's what you need to know for the test, here's what's on the test, then eventually when there's no more tests, you go, well, what do I need to know? No one's going to tell me. Well, then what, what now? Yeah. I mean, even Sean in the, in, uh, the first episode with uh, Turner is like, is that going to be on the test? <laughs> that's how the so many times we see happened. people asking is it going to be on the test hmm? yeah and so miss turner agrees to go talk to mr feeney and i i clipped a part of this for us to watch yay yeah but george i think they may have a point i mean why do we have to lump these finals together like that i mean wouldn't it be easier if we just spread them out just a little bit that would be much easier and if we asked them simpler questions that would be easier still if we had no tests, just put on party hats and, and play the hokey pokey. <laughs> I dare say that my students would love me. You, you lose the hokey pokey thing, I think you're onto something. <laughs> George, I, I think they may have a valid concern. I mean, can't you at least hear them out? I will always have time to listen to my students. I will always I have time to listen to my students. Yes. I love that about Mr. Feeney, and I love me some good Feeney sass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it also gets back to what made Turner and Feeney's relationship last year so interesting. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, then adding Eli to both his personal life and professional life, it took away from that, I don't know, that buddy cop type relationship they had where it was a gruff veteran with the groovy uh, young cop like I don't know we just lost something of that this this, this season which is sad yeah it, it really does and so so Mr. Feeney's gonna listen to his students he's, he's always got time and Mr. Turner comes out and says he'll listen you know Elect yourself a leader. Corey is elected for a quarter. <laughs> he finds a quarter on the floor. <laughs> Fun little visual gag. He comes in, and Mr. Uh, Mr. Feeney is very, very quick to... Uh, basically, he, he puts him on his heels right away. How long has the exam schedule been posted? A couple days. Two weeks. And how long have you had to study the material? Two weeks. All semester. And you come to me now. How can I take you seriously? It's really short, but it's it cuts to the quick. It's just a couple of questions. How long has the schedule been posted? How long have you had to study? How can I take you seriously? You haven't done any of the work here. 
you're, and you're coming to me, you've had all this time, and now you just want more. How can I take you seriously? And I gotta say, I, Feeney's not wrong. No. Exactly what I wrote in my notes. Feeney's not wrong. <laughs> and then Corey goes into a whole, Mr. Feeney, remember when I ate your dirt? <laughs> and yeah, he's really obsessed he with this to... whole eating dirt thing. Yeah. He wants to, he I... basically wants Mr. Feeney to let him off the hook because they're neighbors. And that's, uh, you lose mm -hmm. all, all. Hey, this is the first time he there. tries it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Matthews, what? Get out. <laughs> I love how he goes, now we're neighbors, right? Do you remember that time I ate your dirt? Here, here we go. We go. <laughs> I, I think it's the first dirt uh, back. Here we go for uh, Corey and Feeney. <laughs> so Corey comes out. He's got nothing. And uh, uh, what are their names? Denny and the gang are going to. How you tried your way and it worked. Uh, how, Never. How's he phrase it? Never. And Feeney and his way of his, he's, uh, how, how, oh, how does he phrase it? I didn't write it down. Do you, do you got the script up there? The transcript? Uh, yeah. Because he's got that annoying way of speaking. Uh, your way worked for, uh, never. Now it's time, uh, to do things my way. Well, what's your way? Look, Feeney has made our lives miserable. Uh, forever. And now it's time to get back at him with a little bit of what I, what he, uh, of what he gave us. And then he does the are you with me? Yeah. Yep. And even Sean goes with the goes with the crowd because he hates these tests. And yeah. Even even after everything that Mr. Feeney's done for him, that we've seen him do for him, he's willing to go make life horrible for Mr. Feeney because of these tests. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna transition to the Matthews living room for our B plot. As uh, Eric answers the door for a redheaded woman who's coming into, we find very quickly, to meet Mr. Turner for a date that uh, Amy set her up for. This mm -hmm. is Brenda Marsh, played by Lisa Akey. First and only time that we'll see her. 24 yes. credits on her resume. Legend, Models, Inc., Murder, She Wrote, Frasier, The Sentinel, Sliders, Party of Five, and others. Now, Tyler, I don't know if you caught this or not, but did you catch that she works with Amy? Yes. They didn't say what she did working with Amy, but yes. No. So I was curious on two points. One, I'm curious if Amy is still uh, doing the the art thing. Or, wait. Yeah. Are we art season or two, we they said that she yeah, works for the art gallery. Art gallery. And two... Do you find it creepy at all that Brenda is so quickly willing to go out on a date with the son of someone she works with? Yes, that she knows for sure is in high school. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, to make clear for the Pennsylvania people out there, not a part of the Marsha Marsh group. 
Uh, yeah. So clearly, uh, very. Hey, quick. We it's don't get the nineties. Things are different. Yeah, we don't get the whole mistaken identity. They go on a date and don't realize until midway through the date that he's not Mister Turner. Thing. Yeah, uh, uh, they find out pretty quickly. With Brett, uh, my question is: Is where did he take her for a little bite ski? That was appropriate, but on the second day he took her to Chubby's, which was not appropriate for them. I'm. I my mind says he let her pick the place for the first one yeah yeah especially with that crack on the way out the door of oh you're not getting any older (laughs) or before you get any older however we phrased it (laughs) yeah i mean that was okay there's also a possibility of them knowing like a burger little joint that they like to go to that has like a window or something like very true uh, there's plenty of options or like a hot dog vendor or whatever that like or maybe like a hole in the wall Chinese place like there's yeah I mean there are technically plenty Philly. of options other than uh, yeah maybe it's a Philly maybe cheese place che- maybe they found some cheesesteaks <laughs> could be I mean for as much as they like to lean into the this is Philadelphia they never eat cheesesteaks I know never once in seven years like you'd think that literally Sean or or uh, Eric would be walking in with cheesesteaks like all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially by season seven. Yeah. <laughs> Big well, fat anyway. fatty. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that pizza. <laughs> Get over breath on me. You didn't either. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's a great, that's a great, uh, it's a great episode. Uh, Anywho, so yeah, we transition uh, to later in the evening. Corey's so coming the, home. The less we talk kitchen. about the B plot, I think the better off we're going to be too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to glance over it when it comes up. Yeah. Uh, Corey's coming home to a darkened kitchen and he looks out the window to see Feeney's house being vandalized in the dark. They break a window, there's shaving cream and toilet paper everywhere. Mr. Feeney comes out and they've scattered and the look on his face you can tell that he is a broken man because he knows it's his students well that are doing it how many of his students know where he lives Mm -hmm. you have to wonder if Sean's the one that told them where he lives Mm -hmm. and that has to break his heart that someone that knows him well enough to know where he lives would also be willing to do this or tell people where he lives so they would do this to him. I mean, in a small community like mine, you know where everybody lives. It doesn't take long to figure it out. And even if people do pull a prank on, say, a teacher or the principal, it is never to do what these guys did to Feeney. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's just too much, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to transition to uh, his lecture the next day, the final lecture before finals. And apparently his John Brown lecture really does line up with what happened the previous night. And all of the guys who were present are in the class. Yeah. He's walking around just uh, every other word is just a very pointed uh, barb. 
that really is just thrown their way. Yep. I mean, this uh, does kind of feel like a I'm just making it up uh, type of night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think this is the plan for him to do this one. Yeah. And so class ends. Topanga asks and records about whether the chapter in the Continental Congress will be on the final exam. (laughs) Fun little gag there. Yeah. How much of a span is this world or this American history class is what I want to know. I'm very curious just how much they covered in this in this semester. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So Corey sticks around after class and I, but I will say he does Feeney does try to say to Topanga, I know you'll do well. Please don't yeah. stress over this. I have full faith you're going to do well. And she's like, tell me, yes or no? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but she is, she's full-blown snapped. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I remember those people more from college, I would say, than in high school. Like, I remember people, like, looking crazy and deranged. And, like, I have not looked at anything besides a textbook and my notes in days. It's like, you need to do something else. Oh, yes. And uh, I have have two clips from this conversation where Corey stays after class that I want to bring up. And here's here's the first one. I haven't always been popular with my students, but I've always had their respect until last night. You know, they're just frustrated over the exam schedule. Frustrated. You know, Mr. Matthews, 40 years ago, When I was a new teacher, there was a very small faction of students who were frustrated. But the majority of them wanted to learn. Now, with each passing year, I find that authority and respect have rotted away. And that small faction is now the majority. And I I clipped that one because I I do wonder, and I, I wish I would have thought to to see if our our teacher extraordinaire would be willing to chime in. I do wonder how many teachers are of that mindset today. If they see a majority that are really of the mindset that don't want to learn. I've met a lot of my, my children's student parents, my children's students, a lot of my children's students, my children's teachers, who uh, uh, actually teach in the advanced classes, and they they have the students that want to learn. Ooh. Nice, thank you. And <laughs> they uh, they have the students who want to learn, but in the classes where they don't, where, where they're not in the advanced classes, I can tell with how much praise they will they will heap on my kids for the effort they put in that there have got to be students in there who don't want to be there. And I do wonder if there are teachers out there who feel like Mr. Feeney does and just how many of them there are. Yeah. Well, I can remember, uh, I had a math teacher who I think was just having a bad day. Um, and just, she was like, I don't know why I teach in public school anymore. No one ever wants to learn. No one ever cares what 
the lessons are or whatever. No one ever puts forth any effort. And I could work at a college where people want to go and learn and pay to be there. And I don't know why I don't do that. It's closer to my house. I have to drive here a long distance just to come and, you know, be disrespected. So, and that is rough because even... As a, even in the classes where it's the higher up, like ranked students, like you still have them that don't want to learn, don't care, and aren't putting forth any effort. We may know of a <laughs> former student who graduated with me who always had good grades, always learned, but never really pushed himself academically. And if he had, you know, who knows what his life would be like. So. I don't know. It's all complicated at this point. But it would be frustrating, especially going from uh, when he was younger in his career to now being older, that it doesn't seem like it... um, It doesn't seem like as that so few of students actually care now. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah, and the second clip I have from this conversation is this. Mr. Finney, wouldn't it be easier to just spread the exams out? You know, I mean, it makes us happier and it takes off the pressure. Oh, yes, but don't you see? That that little bit of pressure forces that tiny nugget of education past uh, baseball statistics girls' phone numbers into a place where you can store it and recall it and maybe even someday use it, huh? And I can't tell you how many times I have thought of that comment, that that example when it comes to why tests exist or why we do things the hard way when we could do them the easier way. Yeah. I just, I love that explanation of what he's trying to accomplish with these finals, the way that they're set up with the way that he puts them together, because it would be easy if we did things easier, but would we really be accomplishing anything if we made things easier for, for our students? Yeah. Well, you have to also think about the fact that technically a lot of the stuff and the way they learn is easier than what Feeney had when he was growing up. Um, I mean, he doesn't do this rant this season, but next season he'll have a moment where he's frustrated and fed up with his core favorite students. And just the fact of the internet and what they're able, the information they're able to find and, you know, how hard it was for his generation and generations before that to get the same information. Um, You know, way too many young people, and I'll include 20 year olds in this, who will say things like, why would I learn these things when I can just Google it? And like... 
I'm not going to say that I recall every time that I do a deep dive on something, but I can tell the times that I can sit back and go, oh, hey, here's this weird factoid that I still remember because I put effort into finding it and got either an answer I wanted or, huh, that's interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, like... Mr. Feeney's job as principal is to push every single student academically. And he's not doing his job unless he does that. As a teacher, I think he's right there with them of, hey, I'd love to change it, but the principal said this is what we have to do. So, but again, yeah. Feeney's not wrong. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> And he goes further and he has a moment of self-reflection with Corey and he confesses to him that he's an old dinosaur. He's, he's done. He's going to retire at the end of the year. And I, I love the vulnerability he shares with Corey. Yeah. And um, that his students have finally gotten to him. And he's, he's truly a broken man. And yeah. it's sad. It's a beautiful moment of vulnerability with Corey, but it is it is a sad moment too. And the, the our thugs show up, they interrupt, and they try to intimidate Feeney, and he won't be intimidated. You have the right to not show up. It is my right to fail you if you choose not to. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he leaves, and. Uh, I wish they could have seen the look on Feeney's face when he saw everything and Corey pipes up that he did. Yep. And uh, you know, they, they want to make sure Corey didn't squeal and Sean's Sean's all, ah, Corey wouldn't squeal. He's cool. And that's where Corey's just lost it. Yeah. Corey Corey's just Is that what makes me cool, Sean? I wouldn't squeal. Is that what makes you so cool? And they go have it out in the hallway. And it's a very, very short talk in the hallway where basically both of them realize that they're complicit in everything that's transpired to this yeah. moment. Sean is complicit in that he knew, even though he wasn't there, he knew what was going on. And Corey's complicit because he really started everything. He started this whole movement of let's go and try and get this changed. And they both feel like they're taking on guilt for everything. And to a point, they're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to okay. go see... It just hit me. Yes. It just hit me. Here's how I can justify this episode happening right now. I was right in the fact that this is not happening at this time. However, I'm wrong about the year. I think this is a sophomore year story that in Corey's in my head canning it's Corey retelling stories mm -hmm. or Sean and or Eric like basically it's the kids making up an understanding of what their parents meeting of the world is and in the storytelling Corey and or Sean and or Eric whoever's telling all the stories they get this story confused and they tell it out of order of this school year so this is actually the sophomore year, but they all look younger because they told the story through this year. Okay. Hot dog. <laughs> 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 
Because, again, in the official Dazme World head canon, this is the ninth grade year. Next year, it's a combination of 11th grade and 10th year story or 10th grade stories. And then the next year after that, it's senior year. Because you can't have the way they did it make actual sense. Other than to say, next year it's a combined year. All right. You got that good looking people? There's your answer. There's your headcanon. Write it down because I didn't. <laughs> You're welcome. And again, uh, Eric attempts to woo an older lady. His dad approves. His mom is annoyed. And the less we talk about that, the better off we are. Yes. I will say this. I, I don't think I don't think Alan really approved. I think Alan knew that Eric was going to crash and burn because he really had nothing in common with Brenda, and he was just yeah. going to let him crash and burn. I think that's all I it do... was. Sorry, I, I did skip this. I do like the interaction that Alan, Turner, and Feeney all have together of mm. Alan and Turner trying to remind him, both on a personal level and on an educational front, of remember they're just teenagers and they're just frustrated and angry and don't take it personal you know and it wasn't the whole school it's just a handful of them right it's just a handful of bad apples and even in that mr feeney is still he's still so hurt that he even he he can't bring himself to even see those points in that moment he's still mm -hmm. hurting just too much to see that yeah and so after we get through all of the all the eric stuff great conversations yes yeah sorry yes. great conversations then to eric stuff we're blowing past it because you because there's an assembly at the school of great magnitude of students who are just about to do some really messed up stuff to the school yeah so sean it, Corey, and topanga hurry up to the school and it uh, appears as though uh they're going to i don't know maybe do what Corey did but on purpose this time around like yeah they're gonna break into the school and maybe cause i mean they're already damaging yet they're already vandalizing they're spray painting they've broken they're you know they're throwing trash cans around they've spray painted die feeny on it at least one wall <laughs> yeah so there's threats there and they're about to, they've they've uh at one point they have just cut the chains on the door with bolt cutters and this is where we're going to pick up with my last clip for the episode he doesn't teach history he is history he doesn't care about us yeah of course he cares about you I mean, he's trying to push this little nugget of education past your baseball statistics and your criminal record right here. You touch my head again, I will break your finger. You see, I learned something. Well, that's more than you're ever going to learn from Feeney. That's not true. Let me tell you something I learned from Feeney this year. See, it's cool for you guys to come down to the schoolyard because you've got freedom of assembly. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Amendment 1 of the Bill of Rights. Sean? I accidentally read the chapter. Yeah? What'd you learn? Well, I learned that they've got the right to peaceably assemble. But the second you guys broke that lock, you broke the law, and I got the right to call the cops. Why are you defending him? What has he ever done for you? 
You see those bolt cutters in your hands? Yeah, what about them? You see how I don't have any in mine? Yeah, so? That's what he's done for me. I love how Sean has finally come through to his senses and realized what Mr. Feeney has done for him and what he has meant in him. We talked last week about Sean having a foot in both worlds, kind of stuck being in the trailer park and out of the trailer park. And he tells his half-brother that he's on his way to being better. Here's a moment where Sean is putting that in practice and saying, yeah, I am. Those bolt cutters aren't in my hands. I'm not in your shoes. Yep. And I just, I love that. I, I get excited when I see that. Yeah, I mean, it's a great moment of Sean realizing that he is responsible when he knows something. And mm-hmm. instead of going into Feeney's house or grabbing Turner, he grabs Corey because the two of them feel guilt and they want to deal with it as you know students as teenagers mm-hmm. and so the they fact that those two try to go and stop it is a big deal and it shows that they're actually paying attention to what Feeney is saying now but also have been paying attention to what he says in general yeah and accidentally reading the chapters yeah <laughs> Yeah. So Feeney comes out, the crowd scatters, we find out Feeney isn't actually going to retire. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's impressed that Mr. Hunter has uh, been learning from him. Mm-hmm. And he starts to clean up the parking lot after he shoes Corey Topanga and Sean home, and they come back to help him clean up, and mm-hmm. we close out. We come back for the tag, we find out Sean gets a C, 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 and a D on his finals so he passes all his finals not a bad report card for a kid that not bad no doesn't try not bad at all Corey gets two b's or three b's a b minus and a c plus which is better than what he thought he'd get and i'm assuming topanga gets all a's especially considering what she says at graduation and uh they all wind up back at chubby's for more tv because mm-hmm. studying's the way to go. But you know what? Yeah. They're done studying, so they can reward themselves. So I'm okay with it. That they can. Because apparently they have now, in showtime, about like three months to just do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I will say yeah. that like New York, I don't know if they still do this or not, but they used to do... Um, like a certain test at the end of the year. So they would do regular classwork and then like would stop and like just then get ready for that test. But it was like a statewide mm-hmm. test they would do. So, and Pennsylvania used to do keystones. I don't know if they, how well or much they actually do those now. Cause I think at one point they were supposed to get rid of the PSA tests and go with just the keystones that was supposed to count for grades, but I don't know if it actually does or not. I'll have to follow up on that. Ohio does map testing and one other test. Ooh. I forget what the other one's called at the moment. Yeah. Well, but, Brett, uh, I think that was an episode. They're usually at the beginning. That was an episode, yes. So, Tyler, yeah. I believe we have some deep dives. 
Let's do this thing. So, Brett, you may be wondering, is it okay to eat dirt? Eating dirt may not always cause harm, but it could uh, contribute to a number of health concerns. The more dirt you eat, the more likely you'll experience negative side effects and illness. Uh, anemia? Yeah. Uh, craving for dirt might indicate anemia, but eating dirt won't necessarily improve your symptoms. It It's important to talk to your doctor and have your blood checked uh, so you can get the right uh, nutritional supp uh, supplements. Uh, parasites, bacteria, and heavy metals. Eating dirt can expose you to uh, parasites, bacteria, toxic, or yeah, toxic heavy materials, metal, heavy metals. Uh, dirt containing a lot of potassium could lead to high blood pressure, uh, high blood potassium, increasing your risk for cardiac or cardiac arrhythmia, yeah, or cardiac arrest. Um, Constipation is common side effect of soil compost. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, if you're pregnant, definitely don't eat it whatsoever. Um, apparently, there are some. Uh, there is some health benefits, quote unquote, to eating dirt. However, I don't recommend it. Uh, although this thing popped up of how to stop. One is talk to a trusted friend or family member. Chew or eat food that's uh, that's similar in color and texture. Speak with a therapist. See your healthcare provider. Use positive reinforcement. Wow. What great advice. Good looking people, if you are struggling with eating dirt, Please seek professional help. Period. Talk talk to a friend. Yes. <laughs> and uh, seek professional help because your friend might not understand. Yes. Uh, John Brown Brett, uh, American abolitionist, uh, born May 9th, 1800 on the dot, and passed December 2nd, 1859. Uh, American abolitionist, uh, part of the movement uh, preceding the Civil War, uh, first reaching national uh, providence in 1850 for his radical abolitionist and fighting in bleeding Kansas. Brown was captured, tried, and executed by the Commonwealth of Virginia for a raid and enticement of a slave rebellion at Harps Ferry in 1859 uh, wow lots of monuments all over the place apparently for this guy uh, apparently was an evangelical Christian uh, with a strong conviction, Brown was proudly influenced by the Puritan faith, 
uh, of his upbringing. He believed that he was an instrument of God, raised to strike uh, the death blow to American slavery, a sacred obligation. Brown was leading the exponent of violence in American abolitionist movement, being believing it was necessary to end American slavery after decades of peace efforts had failed. So, yeah. Interesting fellow. Uh, Continental Congress, Brett. I heard that and thought, what's the deal? Continental Congress was a series of legislative bodies with some executive functions for the 13 colonies of Great Britain and America and newly declared United States before, during, and after the American Revolutionary War. The Continental Congress refers to both the First and Second Congress of 1774 and 1781 and at the time also described the Congress of Confederation in 1781 and 1789 through 1789 the Confederation Congress operated at the first federal government until being replaced following ratification of the United States Constitution in 19 in 1785 the Congress met predominantly at what is today Independence Hall in Philadelphia uh, though it was relocated temporarily on several occasions during the Revolutionary War and the fall of Philadelphia. So yeah, basically it was our first form of government in the Americas. Uh, let's talk about exams, Brett. Uh, basically, from what I'm seeing, is there's always been some form of tests throughout the years. Um, whether that was in medieval universities, they had to take tests. Chinese, uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, so I'm not going to. Uh, the Jesuits, uh, which is, again, I'm not going to go to far into uh, basically from the United States of it says many of Ivy League universities in the US styled themselves heavily very heavily on their uh, predecessors uh, predecessors in Europe and so adopted the concept of entrance exams uh, initially these were also a way to keep out those considered to be socially unsuitable and contain questions on and in Greek, Latin, and language language traditions taught to the upper class. As the class system started to uh, dissipate and universities began to expand the range of intake, uh, the intakes the be uh, the began they began to look for something for wood measure potential regardless of which date or school they came from. I think there's a comma missing somewhere. <laughs> uh, eventually led to consider uh, the uh, which basically led to the creation of the SATs. So hmm. interesting. Not exactly what I was looking for but oh well. 
Oh, this is the first time Feeney talked about retirement, Brett. So I feel like it's time to bring up the Public School Employees Employment System, the PSERS. It is a pension fund for public school employees in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Eligible members include all full-time public school employees, part-time hourly public school employees who render at least uh, 500 hours of service in school year and part-time per diem public school employees who render at least 80 days of service in the school year in any of the 770 reported reporting entities in Pennsylvania. Uh, I guess go ahead and say this as of June 20th no sorry 30th 2020 the system had nearly 248,000 active 247,000 retired and there are 27,000 vested inactive members with an established annual active payroll of 14.7 billion uh, the an- annuant member as of June 30th 2022 is over 247 retired and beneficiaries who receive over 542 a million in pension and health care benefits each month. The average yearly benefit paid to annuits annuits is two twenty six thousand seventy eight dollars. So uh this is a fun one, so I'll go ahead and bring it up because why not? Dino Flintstone. Dino Flintstone is the dog of Fred and Wilma Flintstones uh, from the show The Flintstones. Uh, Dino is always a part of every single rendition of the show. Uh, First appearance was in October 21st, 1960, The Flintstones. Uh, Created by Hanna-Barbera. It's a very much classic TV show, classic... uh, uh, classic uh, character so Brett Sean brought up the first amendment so let's go ahead and read it Uh, Congress shall make no law restricting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free uh, exercise thereof or bridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of people peacefully to assemble and to petition government for redness for a red red redress of grievance <sighs> so let's just get something out of the way Brett the first amendment does not give you the right to do and say whatever you feel like it just means that congress is not going to stop you and get in the way of the things you say however there's a difference between saying something and actively trying to do something that could be harmful and we're saying you're going to do something that is extremely hard and extremely hurtful so 
it can say you can say i want to do these horrible terrible things but if you actively say i'm going to do these horrible and terrible things that's different and then if you actually go and do those horrible terrible things then you're worse and it's not about what you said brett it's about what you did Yes, and I've always enjoyed the perspective of you have the freedom to say whatever you want. It's just a matter of what you say. There are consequences to the things you say. <laughs> yes. Now, Brett, uh, we always hear about the First Amendment and uh, also the Second Amendment, right to bear arms. But, Brett, for $5, can you name the other amendments? Oh, there's like 38 of them. <laughs> okay, can you at least name 10? The other 10. I can't tonight, no. <laughs> I knew it. So just for kicks I, and I giggles, do know Brett. there is, uh, what is it? The, I think it's the sixth is the right to, um, uh, you were protected from an illegal search and seizure. I want to say that's sixth. Um, the fifth is the right to, uh, right against self-incrimination yeah um, right now those are the only two that are coming to my mind huh. that's all right so amendment number three is a quartering of soldiers uh how more specific the soldier mind, shall always... in time of peace be quartered in <laughs> any house without a consent of the owner nor in time of war but in a manner to be uh, prescribed by law. Um, the Fourth Amendment is search and seizure. Fourth, not sixth. Yep. That's okay. The fifth is about uh, not perjuring yourself or saying something that could incriminate yourself. Uh, sixth is the right to a speedy trial by jury and witness. Yep. Uh, counsel. Uh, number seven is jury trial and civil lawsuits. Number eight is executive uh, fines, executive fines, cruel and unusual punishments. Uh, ninth is non-enumerated rights and retrained by people. Let me just look at what that actually says. Uh, the enumeration. The enumeration in the Constitution of cert certain rights shall not be construed to deny or despair other retained by the people. I think that just means your rights do not supersede anyone else's rights. We all have the same rights. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Like, your freedom of speech does not get in the way of me not liking what you said or you not liking what I said. My right to bear arms does not mean that you have the right to take away my guns. You mean bear arms? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then uh, rights to uh, reverse to state and or people is the tenth one. Uh, 13th is the abolition, ob, uh, abolition of slavery and citizenship rights for, um, those after civil war, right to vote, not denied by race, uh, 16th, 
Uh, 19th is the amendment is the right for women uh, to vote. The 20th is presidential term and successions of Assembly of Congress. Two-term limit for president is the second one. I was just trying to understand. So the last one, I'll just go ahead and do this, uh, is the 27th Amendment, Congressional Compensation. No law verifying the compensation for the service of the Senate and representatives shall take effect until an election of representative shall have uh, intervened. Okay. I think the the amendment right before that is much more interesting, which is uh, you have to be eighteen year old years old to uh, vote. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. And Brett, those are the deep dives. All right. So let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Tyler, what did you learn from our episode today? I learned that even in the face of people assuming the worst of you, you still have to make an effort to show no i do have your best interest at heart um and have the grace to not jump down their throats because uh, that's not always easy and you know in our line of work sometimes you have to have some very rough and tough hard conversations and uh, remembering that it's not that they're trying to be disrespectful in the way that they're responding. Sometimes they're just hurting. Um, now in this, they're not really hurting. They just are whiny. <laughs> it's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you learn, Brett? I learned the easy way is not the way that will give you the most growth or the best results. Um, that you should be willing to take the way with resistance and not just take the, the way that's going to give you the, the easiest path to your goal necessarily. Yep. And also a little bit of learning from Alan, be willing to let your kid make his own mistakes, especially if they want to try to date a woman who's 27 and they're only 18. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, still not a fan of that. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel like Alan's parenting when it comes to his oldest son is, well, I'm going to let him make this mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are times where he's a little too much of a helicopter. There are times where he might be a little too hands-off. I don't know. Exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? How would you grade uh, life lessons? I'd give this one a B plus. A B um, plus. It's one of those episodes that are it's really really good, and I mean the A storyline carries this episode. And there's a part of me that kind of wishes there wasn't a B storyline at all because it 
does really mm-hmm. bring down the episode. Um, like, we didn't need it. It didn't help Eric's character. Um, and it kind of felt like it really just showed that the world they live in is not a good one. Uh, yeah. Also, it does take away from me that it's just random bullies that come out of nowhere that have influence on Corey and Sean and they know them both really well. It's just, it's the same thing as random girl comes out of nowhere and thinks Corey's cute or doesn't give Corey attention until he does something like reminds me of Sonya. (laughs) Sonya, Sonya, so Sonya, but (laughs) yeah. What about you, Brett? What would you grade this? Uh, I went with an a minus. I'm with you on the B story. Um, I think I just feel a little, uh, I, I, I probably just feel like the A story is a little, carries it a little more. Ooh, fair. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on the B story. It's, it's just, it would probably be better without it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, a difference between a B plus and an A minus is really just comes down to, is there more love for this episode than there is annoyance? <laughs> <laughs> like true I've given episodes an A minus and I know that quality wise it probably deserves a B but I love the episode so much I can't help but <laughs> put it into an A uh, an A minus yeah yeah and for me it's it's the uh, honestly it's it's probably a little more it, it, that's probably exactly why I go with an A instead of a B on this one for me yeah now, I yep. will say, Brett, I did tell my wife before we, we were watching the episode today, I went, you know, I like this episode, but the next episode, I love that episode. Oh, my, you're exactly right. <laughs> so am I done with my education? Well, that wasn't Can supposed I go? to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, well. Well, I believe I owe you a dad joke before Well, we before go. that, Brett, uh, I just have to say one thing to you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Christmas <laughs> because Merry Christmas. Uh, in the few days after this drops, apparently, it's that time. It is that time. Yes, it's crazy how it sneaks up on you. What? Oh, today we are recording on the 16th. This will drop on the, uh, the 22nd, so good-looking people. By the time you listen to this, it may have been Christmas Day already, so if you are... Uh, are listening to this right on the day or did around the day merry christmas yes <laughs> merry christmas happy new year's yes. we're all festooned <laughs> in our christmas love <laughs> well that's why i wanted to go and grab this so that way uh for our christmas episode officially <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't thinking in my head we had one more before the christmas episode would drop but i was wrong <laughs> well, that's okay that's why uh, I got my elf behind me too. <laughs> I saw Snoop on the stoop at Walmart today. I've seen that before. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, give well, me that me dad give joke. Dad joke. It better be a Christmas Some people one. pick their nose. I feel like I was just born with mine. Very nice. Solid. Yes. I like it. Yes. So with that, I'm going to 
not be able to play the outro theme so well. <laughs> Good looking people, we thank you for checking us out this week and for sticking around. And uh, you can check us out online at, on our social profiles at Dads Meet World across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, yeah. we'd love you and if you think we deserve there. it, wish us a Merry Christmas. That'd be lovely. Yeah. We just wish you all Merry Christmas. So check us out there. Wish yeah. us a Merry Christmas. Yeah. You can email us at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com and yeah. leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Check us out on wherever you find your, you know, our YouTube at Dad's Yeah. Meet World. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. watching us there now, just leave a comment. Do it. <laughs> you won't. Do it. Do it. So, Tyler, oh. until next time, I'll see you good looking. Do you good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meet World is a production of Head for Studios. Head for Studios, tell your story. Uh, actually, you know what? I clipped this part. Well. And it's not going to work now. <laughs>